0: This is Kevin Ford, and you're listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast.
1: Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Yes. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt
0: Podcast.
1: Storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This this pay-per-view. Feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> hey, what's going on? We are live uh for a special Monday episode of the Big O Belt Podcast. I am your guy 2 chains. I'm here with Mr. Jamal. What's up, dude? Hello. I'm good. Good, good, good. Um, before we get into the show real quick, as it has been a couple of busy weeks. Um, just want to just cap off things you've seen real quick. You can show them out to us, movies.
2: Um, well, I can tell you what not to see. You do not need to waste your money on Skyscraper with The Rock and a building and the Tower Inferno that wasn't. You do not need to waste your money on Hotel Transylvania 3 unless the kids really like part one and two. Uh, There's really kind of nothing out this weekend until for like another two or three weeks until Mission Impossible comes out. Yeah, Mission Impossible comes out uh, 27th. So that will be the next big thing. But it's kind of like a, a lull right now. So
1: those are the two big movies of the week and they're kind of meh. I think there's been a lot of like questionable things out. Uh, a lot of things that had potential, but nonetheless, um, probably didn't live up to it or not. Uh, Equalizer came out, and there's been mixed reviews on that as well, too. But, or, I don't know if it's out yet, but we've seen it already.
2: Equalizer so. comes out Friday. Uh, it's okay. Um, not enough equalizing, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> and and that, That's, you know, it's a bit of a problem. It's a decent movie, yeah. it's just that it's not based on the show anymore. It's just... Man on Fire, but Denzel was on.
1: Denzel again. It's all Denzel. Anywho, you know it's Monday, and this is not a typically scheduled show, so for some Monday, it's got to be a special show. We are here with two special guests. Now, this is a funny one, because typically, I would say you may have seen these people, but you may not have seen these people, <laughs> but you damn sure I've heard these people. They are the voice of Nova Pro Wrestling, uh, which you can hear them on any, any, any of the video on demand services DVDs or exclusively live on pabon.tv we are joined by K4 Kevin ford and Jason Heat what's up fellas your hero is here
0: i'm feeling <laughs> very special thanks for having
1: me no doubt no doubt now um just just this is going to be unique because a lot of people i think they get the idea what commentary is and you guys have um obviously been in the game for a while very well profession. i literally enjoy sitting next to you guys doing the shows because of the energy you bring jason joined me for the pre-show uh last uh two weeks ago for nova pro which was amazing um you guys are natural so um i've been wanting to schedule this for a while We we uh talked it up at roh and said look we need to make this happen now and here we are
0: man of action
1: that's right i mean i'm excited so um we definitely definitely have a unique uh prether of questions coming from the two of us so cool. let's try to jump into your brain and then at the end you know we'll talk a little bit about nova pros next coming uh upcoming show which would be harlem Nights, which is uh, a unique show on its own too so that's what's on schedule for today but uh i'll, I'll let jamal get started because jamal definitely seems like he has some questions that i'm even intrigued what he has to ask yep
2: so uh, you guys do the commentary for Nova Pro Wrestling, and and a good job, of course, at that. But I guess my first question is about commentary itself. Uh, how do you keep your stamina up throughout a show? Uh, Nova Pro has ninety six matches. The shows are uh, three and a half days long. Um, <laughs> so, like, so I know it's important to to watch, you know, the matching and get a feel for it and become invested in it. But how do you keep it up? Uh, when it's 2.30 in the morning and the bar is about to close and we haven't reached – the, and we just hit intermission.
0: <laughs> um, well, so I, I consider myself the lead commentator. I've done uh, every single Nova event from the debut up until American Slang, our latest show, and I've been fortunate to work with several of our commentator partners. So we're now at the point where our booth is four people deep. Uh, so it's not just myself and Jason Heat, but uh, Innocent Isaiah, who was – Uh, inactive indefinitely from an injury he sustained back at Nova Project 3, Uh, wanted to come back, be part of the Nova Pro family, and he wanted to be on commentary. And then with uh, Nova Pro actively recruiting some of the best women's wrestlers in independent wrestling, uh, we felt it was very important to have somebody who was incredibly knowledgeable about women's wrestling all around the world uh, and we have a partnership with squared circle sirens, which I have to say is hands down the best women's wrestling website on the internet. No and doubt. We're able to get Dennis Kerwin to come and, uh, be a commentator for that. So what I do as the lead commentator is I look at the matches we have and I assign the matches, um, for everybody to play to their strengths. Uh, so in that way, not everybody is on every single match for, for the whole show. So people get breaks. Um, people get matches in which they have more expertise. Um, so it, it benefits both in that way. So because you're taking natural breaks, you're able to catch your breath, get a drink of water, uh, say, rest your voice, go get something to eat, and get that stamina back up. It can be hard, though. You know, you know. I think the main event of the last show was going on 11.15 p.m. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, it is, I think, really just taking breaks and, and having that four-person booth makes it actually uh, much easier than you might think to keep your stamina. Like for the Commonwealth Cup weekend, when we had three shows, uh, I just took the entire women's show off because I knew it was in good hands with with Dennis and, and Jason and Isaiah because I called the entirety of the Friday evening show and the entirety of the Saturday evening show. So I rested my voice in that way. So it's just being mindful and thinking ahead of those assignments is the best way that we keep our stamina, I think.
3: I'd also say for me, it's one of those things where I've been – it's funny, my one-year anniversary with Nova Pro is actually coming up in just a couple months, which is really exciting um and my sort of year and a half two year doing commentary in general um and so the novelty and i don't mean novelty in a diminutive way i mean it's sort of like the pure joy that i get doing this it's by far right now the most um my favorite thing that i do in life right now is calling these matches so Whatever time it is, whatever there, it, it hasn't gotten to the place where it feels like anything other than like a gift and an opportunity to get to do it. And obviously, the every match in terms of quality is subjective, but the more invested the performers are, the you know the more um, the the more exciting the matches, the more exciting you get into it, and the more at stake. So with the matches higher up the card. There's usually more stake, more investment. So it actually gets sometimes progressively easier to call the matches because by the time you're at the main event, you have all of these confluence of events that have gotten you to that point. And there's so much emotional investment from the crowd and from us uh, and from the wrestlers going at it in the ring. It's hard not to just stay really invested as the night goes on. Well, I
2: guess then, then how do you measure yourself then? Uh I'm More on Ronalo. Uh one of the things that I don't like about his commentary style is that he becomes too invested and he just stops talking and he just starts screaming. And I get it. It's the immersion. It's the fandom. You see somebody do something cool. But how do you measure yourself where you become, uh, you know, still a commentator and you have to keep that uh, commentary running versus do you believe what the hell you just saw?
3: Hmm you want to, to tackle this one first you want me to? Uh, go for it. You know, I think that's something that I'm still evaluating. I am constantly listening back to my work as a commentator. Uh, Kevin can tell you, especially at the beginning and still now, I'm always trying to seek feedback from other people, um, not just on an ego level, but like after a show on Powerbomb, I'm going to read every single hashtag, whatever the hashtag of the show is, top to bottom to see feedback on the overall show and particularly on our work to really get a sense of it i know that i think that i've done the best work when i feel like it's been really natural when the chemistry has been really present we're always really good i think at focusing on what the guys and girls in the ring are doing and really adding to that so when we feel natural and like real people that's the time that i think it's actually best because i think we both particularly this team comes in with a sense of professionalism and it comes in with a sense of knowledge. And there's a lot of fundamentals that we have. So whenever I really feel like we're actually having a conversation, when we're really providing genuine insight, when we have a perspective and it feels very natural and that chemistry is there, that's when I feel really good. And the times that I feel the most Not happy with my performance is when I don't know what perspective I have on the action for any reason or when I feel like I've slipped into sort of like announcer cliches because I've heard so many things before because we want to be our own individual identities and we want to use that in service of really getting across not only the stories but the strategies and what makes every single wrestler unique and I think for me that usually comes from a psychological perspective. My background is in theater and a lot of episodic storytelling, and I tend to really think about the idea of why and what somebody has gotten into this business for and what their individual goals are. And I think, like Kevin was saying, we each have our own strengths that we bring in. Um, and it's really about trying to play to your commentary partner as well, the, the version of me is slightly different with Kevin than it is with Dennis, because if I was just doing the exact same thing, I'd be ignoring what they bring to the table and what I need to bring to match them.
0: Yeah. I think the, the one thing to keep in mind is while we are at a wrestling show and we're having a lot of fun, it is still a job. Um, So in a way there's just a different mind frame. I have watching a Nova show at that table with the microphone. I'm very conscious that there is a microphone in front of me and I try to, If something's exciting, I'm not going to try to to understate it. But I understand there is that there is that line where someone's excitement can borderline be annoying or even come off at worst as inauthentic. I think that's something you really try to avoid. But again, it's just a different mindset. You know, it's like, you know, you go to work, you're in a mindset, you come home, it's a totally different mindset. You're a little more relaxed. Um, So again, it's just that mindfulness you, you need to have as a commentator to sort of reel it in a little bit, even if you see something that's really exciting, play up the excitement, but not. Not too much because you still are an authority on the match. Um, but that isn't to say when a match is over, me and Jason will look at each other and be like, That was ridiculous or that was <laughs> awesome. Uh PCO <laughs> and Eric Royal comes to mind for that. Uh when I think of matches where he and I just look at each other afterwards and we're like, Holy crap, that was so awesome. Uh so yeah, I mean we could do it with each other when the mics are off or the match is over or whatever else. It's just uh it's just it's you know, straight up being a professional and uh and, and, and as you know, as far as the Mauro Ranallo comment goes, I don't necessarily you know, disagree, but there is something where you, you watch enough commentary and you figure out what your style is or what you like and what you don't like. And you and you uh, not only take feedback on what people are saying about you online, but what people are trying to say about other commentators and tailoring your own style and kind of being mindful about that as well, because um, it's not just him. You know, people complain about. You know Jim Ross and Josh Barnett on on New Japan on Access. People complain about Joey Styles and his thing. So I do try to kind of take all that feedback about what people like about commentary, what they dislike, and also just what I like about commentary and don't like about it, and sort of tailor my style to that. I think it's also about I I love the word authentic. I think
3: that the, the, that authenticity is absolutely that energy, and I also think a lot of it's about situational appropriateness, being able to read what's happening and the vibe of stuff in the ring when it's appropriate to be making jokes and being funny when it's not appropriate to do so um you know it would have been easy to some extent at the last show a giant game of dodgeball broke out effectively at the end of the show that could have been something that we sold as being humorous there were potentially jokes to be made there but it wasn't that was after wheeler Yuta got absolutely decimated by homicide homicide was going totally off the rails. And I think that uh, hopefully what we were successful at doing was showing how this was not the way this night was supposed to go, how violent and unexpected it got, and get people wanting to see what happened next. Kevin providing that sort of voice of that authority trying to keep people informed, and me sort of being the emotional perspective on the fact that this is unacceptable and what this person is doing. Um, And I, I really do think a big part of it is recognizing and we want to get multiple different perspectives and sort of narratives across, and being able to, between us, figure out who's handling what angle of the emotional content that we're kind of delivering.
2: Right, so so you guys are the bridge between the, uh, uh, the in-ring content and the, you know, and the listener, the viewer, as it were, uh, but how do you, if there is something that's happening the, in the ring, and it is an inch and it is an angle that it needs to be portrayed in a particular way for, for storyline purposes though the specifics of what's happening in the ring may conflict with your personal beliefs how do you uh, how do you get over that like how do you uh, you know make sense of a situation where this is something that the the outside of work view would react differently to the inside of work uh, you know. for example uh, intergen wrestling is a uh, polarizing topic and though I personally love it uh, that's something that I would champion on the uh, on the um, if I were a commentator whereas somebody would say oh my god he just brutalized that woman so I mean so like how does how do you get out out of your out of yourself uh, to keep the storylines progress even though it may be something that you personally don't agree with or do agree with but it conflicts <laughs> with the storyline
0: um, You know, again, I guess it's just, it's just reading the situation again. I'm not, I'm not doing commentary for myself. So what I feel about something and what my personal beliefs are don't matter whatsoever. I'm playing to the audience of uh, the Kings who own Nova pro and I'm playing to the audience at home. That is who I am there to serve. It, it is not about me. Um, if, if there was a commentator who, for example, was against intergender wrestling um, or any, uh, or maybe even deathmatch match wrestling or, or some sort of style that they don't have a care for, um, I just wouldn't put them on the match. Uh, and I think they would be happy to not be on that match as well. Um, that's really, I mean, I, I know that's the simplest answer I can give, but um, I feel like that that comes with the job. You're going to have these type of matches where maybe you don't think a wrestler is very good, or maybe you're just not a fan of their work, but they're there and it is is—it is your responsibility to be a professional and and make the match the best it can and add the flavor to the match that you can. I think you really have to work to put your personal beliefs aside. If you are a fan of the work and all that, absolutely play into that. You know, don't don't be afraid to add that excitement level of it. But if there is something that conflicts with your interests, um, quite truthfully, you probably should not be doing commentary if that's something that you cannot reconcile.
2: Well, I, well, I mean, I guess my question is, uh, you know, it's not necessarily about, it's, it is you, because you are the person that we're listening to and unless it's a 100% uh, charade where you are completely uh, devoid of uh, or separate from the in-ring, uh, on-commentary, on-air personality and the outside personality, I think it is a bit of your actual persona, persona as a as you, Kevin Ford, that we mm-hmm. are attracted to in the first place. So with that said, and again, inter wrestling or death matches or something like that is an extreme, but if it is an incident where uh, Angela slain versus Keith Lee comes to mind where I'm sitting in the audience and the guy you know Looks at me and says I don't know if I can stay for this mm. now, I, you know That's not something that uh, obviously within the context of the storyline. It is what it is And personally, it's my favorite match of all time in Nova pro But is that something that you know per the storyline do you that you have to? Uh, say like Something that you should be a, a face winning or a heel winning uh, you've got well. No, the dude was right like, how do you, uh, you know, when you're supposed to put someone over, but you can't do it because they're actually technically wrong, is that something that organically happens or is it something, or you just have to just push through it and until and, and the, uh, for lack of a better expression, goes the company line? I, I think that as a couple different things.
3: I mean, I think first off, one of the best creative challenges of the job and what makes it fun is to be able to find a way to have a perspective that you believe in and also always be putting the match and the talent over. I don't think that Nova Pro wants any of us out there to not bring ourselves to the match, but it's not putting ourselves over at the expense of what the story that's being told in the ring is. And that's what our job is. And I think that's part of, you actually doing the work in your head if there is ever something that you're not as into Coming up with reasons to get into it, doing the job of actually selling what is happening and why it's happening and creating that and reading the story that's being told and helping to provide that analysis oftentimes helps get you to to do the buy-in because you have to be in it in order for it to work. I also think in in the case of Nova Pro in particular, one of the things I love about professional wrestling that I think has become more and more apparent as different companies rise to the forefront is that there's different flavors of wrestling. I know for me personally, I came to Nova Pro Shows before I ever got on commentary. I like what they do a lot. I might like certain matches more or less or stories or whatever, but as an overall show, I genuinely like the product a lot. It fits me. I, I don't know that I would have sought out a company if I felt it was more often than not doing something that I didn't agree with. I wouldn't be the right fit for it. I think that we've built up a roster of people who really believe and care and buy into what the mission and aesthetic of this particular brand of wrestling is. Um, and so it, it's actually very easy to support it. And I, you know, it. As Kevin said, a job's a job. You do your job to the best of your ability and you uh, do stuff sometimes that maybe isn't exactly your cup of tea, but I don't know that we'd be here investing in ourselves if we didn't believe in this product. So it's not something I've actually really personally encountered a lot here.
2: Well, great. I mean, that's what Mm. you want. And and I guess that makes it easier to sell something that you believe in. Uh, Luckily... Yeah, luckily that hasn't happened yet. So then what is the hardest part of doing commentary for Nova Pro? Is it just the moving parts? Is it the, uh, you know, staying up with the matches, the, the personal stamina? Uh, what, what makes the, the hardest part of Nova Pro commentary?
0: That's an interesting question. Thank you. Jason, does anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think that
3: two things. Sometimes when there are is- people who are making a first appearance on the show, particularly in the pre-show, that we don't necessarily know or have the time to do as much research as we want, because we want to give the best expert perspective possible on everybody who makes and does their work in the ring. I think that sometimes that's more challenging, and I think that mainly only happens in terms of pre-show stuff, but we started uh, I think to develop the chemistry to just be able to figure out the story that they're doing and what Mm -hmm. we need to know. And I think that it's the, 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 the counterpoint to what kevin said in terms of all of us getting breaks constantly switching who you're working with and and taking time off in the matches sometimes you get into a rhythm with somebody and you get into a good flow and then shift it off i don't think that that is a big enough minus to mitigate the pluses and kevin does a great job in terms of figuring out how to balance the commentary both for us and for the audience but i do think that you know, shifting to work with three different people in one night, getting in on this match, getting off. That's probably the hardest thing for me Um, instead of just like getting in a role in a groove and being able to let momentum carry.
0: Yeah. I think it's, for me, it's, I think the toughest thing is reconciling how much information to give the audience, because what I want to do is I want to add context to the match and hopefully with context adds uh, a level of care to the match. Because again, I'm, I'm a fan. I am watching a 10 match card. Uh, what differentiates these match from each other? Who are these people? Why should I care? Um, so it's hard to, it's hard. I want to give information in context of the match, but I don't want to overburden somebody with it um, because our audience, especially being on powerbomb.tv is so different now because you're going to get people who have been with us in show one. You're going to get people where whatever show they're watching is their very first one that they're watching from somewhere in between. So how much information should I give them where I don't feel like I'm maybe patronizing people who've been with us for forever or, but I'm not giving enough to the new people or am I overburdening them with information and just too much where really I should just be getting down to brass tacks and giving them, Hey, these two dudes hate each other. Now they're fighting. Great. That's all I really (laughs) need to know. Um, so sometimes that can be, that can be hard too. And I think there are some times too, where you get in a rhythm of just calling moves and stuff which is fine to a degree but you know wrestling is a visual medium i can see what they're doing so you don't want to get too caught up in and that kind of stuff so sometimes i, I and i guess that's just overthinking at, at at certain points and um you know i think in anything like this sometimes you listen back and you're like oh you just you know cringe listen to yourself oh i should have said this or i should have done that but you know it you do it live it's done it's in the past you gotta try to get out of your head and do do better the next time, but you know we're all critical of ourselves. We're 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 creators in a sense. That's what we do. Yeah,
1: uh, of uh, course. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: go ahead
1: I just wanted to add something to uh to the end of that uh, about uh maybe the amount of information that you provide. I always wonder um when do you kind of draw the lines about speaking about especially independent wrestling, especially when do you draw the lines about speaking about another promotions and and that current wrestler within Nova Pro, their storylines and their accolades in other promotions,
0: vice versa, why they're here at Nova Pro? Uh, that's a very good question. And that is something that I actually find as a fan, I made a, I made a switch on myself mentally. Um, I used to think it was a good thing uh, for companies to mention a lot of outside championships and accomplishments. Um, and then I realized I did not like that at all. Um, because one, you really want to put the focus on what you are doing as a company. That is paramount as a commentator to what you're doing. Um, it's a little different now that we're in a stage where we're on a platform where the nature of it is so many promotions being there. And so I don't mind mentioning something to bolster PowerBomb.tv as a whole. You know, PowerBomb TV is a family of promotions, and that's what we're trying to do. But you know, I remember this is about a decade ago and I'm going somewhere with this, where Chris Hero was a babyface in PWG, and he was a heel literally everywhere else he wrestled. And somebody I remember online making a complaint about that, not necessarily a complaint, but just, isn't it, isn't it sort of strange to see Hero be a heel in Ring of Honor, or CCW, everywhere else, and then watch PWG, where he's a babyface, and somebody said, PWG should not concern themselves with so what everyone else is doing. They should concern themselves with what they're doing to put out the best story possible. Um, so obviously there's, there's instances where we use a lot of outside championships like Nick Aldis with the NWA championship or, uh, David Starr and Tim Dots having the WXW shotgun championship and the AIW absolute championship respectively coming in. So in that case, it helps. And I do think when somebody debuts, it might give a little context to their character or give them a little background, but I do think it is something to be aware of and try to make sure you're not paying too much attention outside of what's going on in your own universe. Um, especially for a character that's been around for so long.
3: Yeah, I'm a, unsurprising to everybody here probably, um, but I'm a huge comic book fan. I've been deeply invested in comic book universes and theory behind them for a long time. And I think wrestling in a lot of ways is one of the most parallel art forms, particularly as a performance art, to some of the way that comic book universes are structured. And I think a lot about the term continuity when it comes to this. And what continuity really means is the series of events that have happened that you know that help to provide the context for who these people are in the story structure. And oftentimes when I think things get really rough with all these mentions and things like that, it's where you're, like Kevin said, you're overburdening people with excess continuity beyond the story that you need to tell and what you need to know. When I meet you, I learn through the course of actually interacting with you All of the information about you that I need at that given moment in order to process what our story is together. And that doesn't mean I need to know what your sister ate for breakfast five years ago. (laughs) Other people might need that information. I think when it comes to other promotions, it's a decision about are these plot points going to help enhance this particular story and this particular encounter? going to give context that explains why this match is so much more vicious between these two people than we're used to seeing this person have. If it is, then great. That helps provide an extra layer of story and depth that people can get into. But just for the sake of statistics and just for the sake of of throwing more information at people, then it becomes confusing. Uh, The way I think of it is that every decision that we make even though we're live, needs to be intentional because everything that we say is being listened to equally. So the information that we have to choose to provide is all going to be taken as part of this experience and equal weight to the story. So everything that we do and say wants to provide the best narrative experience possible for the people watching this match.
2: that's that's, that's kind of what what it needs to be um are you are there any favorites uh, past or present in uh, the commentary field anybody that you've taken notes from uh, hopefully not Michael Cole <laughs> that uh, you know kind of not necessarily that you that you model your career or your style after but somebody that you've just taken notes from
3: sure um I will say two different things one um, the former, Rich Brennan, Rich Pacini, who does stuff with MLW right now, when I was very first getting into commentary, I actually went to I went to Orlando for WrestleMania. Not to go to WrestleMania, but I took a creative seminar uh, on booking for professional wrestling with Gabe Sapolsky because that's another area that I do with other promotions. And I, at the time, I hadn't seen any kind of seminars like that, and it was a really great opportunity. While I was just wandering around Joey Janela's spring break, I ended up wandering into Rich. He had just recently been fired from WWE. He was super friendly and gave me his phone number. And I called him a couple weeks later to just ask because I hadn't broken into commentary yet. And he was just, for a dude he met randomly walking around the floor of a wrestling show. He spent two hours on the phone with me just going over basics and fundamentals, what he had learned at NXT and learned with WWE, and for a basic foundation, especially dumping into it with uh, the company I was working with previously, Fight Pro Wrestling, and having never done it before, that was such an incredibly like, huge gift for him to give someone, just to take the time to really explain his perspective. And then in terms of people in the field that I'm a huge fan of, I love listening to Don Callis. Um, I have... Mm-hmm. I can directly measure my enjoyment of a New Japan show based on whether or not it's the main announced team versus a secondary announced team. And I literally will listen to that show or watch all the way through instead of skipping the specific matches if it's Don Callis and Kevin Kelly in particular. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, I might skip to just watch the performers I'm most into as opposed to like those main event tags. For whatever reason, he blends uh, an attitude and a character and a knowledge with a real passion for certain moments um, and and their dynamic. I've, I've really grown to appreciate that team in particular and I've found that I want to listen when he talks. And so I care what he has to say. So then he has a certain level of cachet he can bring to performers and make me invest in them more when he cares about them.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way about um, Nigel McGuinness uh, with Kevin Kelly, uh, you know, back when they were doing a thing for, for Ring of Honor. Uh, Kevin?
0: Yeah, uh, when, I, when I first started watching indie wrestling, I was really into Ring of Honor, and I thought Dave Prazak and Lenny Leonard were a really excellent team together. And, you know, Prazak's been in wrestling in the Midwest for probably two decades now. So he brought a, a great knowledge base. And Lenny Leonard is someone who I still admire and, and enjoy listening to. And I give him so much credit for calling every Evolve show, maybe not anymore, because I think he has Ron Yemi doing it with it, but he did so many of those shows alone. And I can't fathom doing commentary by myself. <laughs> it is so much easier having a partner to play off of or just take the give you a moment to take a drink of water or take a breath. So anybody who can do it alone is just gets so much respect for me. Um, personally, I think uh, Joe Sposto, who used to be Leonard F. Chikarson and Chakara, is one of the best uh, commentators going today. He's somebody who I think you can put him in there with any partner out there. He'll play to that person's strength. And I think he does an amazing balance in telling a backstory and also uh, not just giving you a backstory, but also paying attention to what's going on in the match, not getting too caught up in the details and calling it straight. And there's so many other people in Chakar I think are great. Like Mike Quackenbush is really good at giving you um, not just what's going on in the ring, but a lot of the history of the moves and also why these particular wrestlers are doing these moves. So it kind of gives you not just a, a background to why this person has chosen to do this move, but how they learned it, their training and all that stuff. And as a head trainer, that stuff's very important to him. And um yeah, I mean, as far as the, the people on the indies go, that's that's kind of where it, it comes from. You kind of listen to everybody, though. You know, like, there was there's some things about Corey Graves, I think, are, are very good. Um, I, I found him very fun to listen to on NXT, and I think he adds a uniqueness uh, to to the Raw and SmackDown. I mean, there's a reason he's on both of the biggest shows in WWE right now. Um, and, of course, you know, you go back to people like Jim Rush and, you know, Lance Russell and those guys. It's so much fun going back and listening to them and kind of aping a little bit of their style and seeing why people like them so much what people why people remember them so fondly and just the thing that I that I always take away is they always make it so you believe what they're saying you never think that they're full of it or feeding you lies they have something in them that makes you believe what they are saying and I think that is of the utmost importance as a commentator no
2: yeah, absolutely my uh japanese is terrible but i would love to listen to funaki uh, call a WWE pay-per-view uh, I've not been
1: able to have that pleasure yet But
2: that's got to
1: be a lot of fun So yeah, I want to pull supposed- back Oh, uh, and, and I wanted to add in there too I mean, I, I think me and Jamal kind of agree on this But I think my all-star crew was always And will always be Bobby the Brain he- Heenan and Tony Schiavone I think it has a lot to do Why I was on Whatever channel WCW was on back in the day Over uh, WWF at the time and yeah, it's also I'm, cool to hear him back on MLW. Like I'm, t-
0: when I have a Friday to sit down while I watch replays on YouTube, easily. Yeah, I was a WWF kid, so Heenan and Monsoon is my number one all-time commentary team. I'll tell you what, though, uh, I think Randy Savage is an incredibly underrated commentator. I actually can get
1: with you on that one.
0: <laughs> I really like, care. I don't. I don't always love Vince McMahon on commentary, but him, Roddy Piper, and Randy Savage was yeah. an incredibly fun team. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamal. Yeah. I- uh, yeah, I was, well, that
2: okay, fair enough. Uh, I want to pull back the curtain a little bit and, and talk about more of the creative process uh, or lack thereof. Are you guys, other than getting uh, the lineup card, do you guys have any other insight into what the matches are going to be, how they're going to play out? Any cues to something, or are you just surprised as surprised as everyone else when something happens?
0: Sometimes um, okay. I know there are some commentators who are like, I want to know as little as possible and go in there and just call what I see, which I 100% get in terms of a, you want your emotional reaction uh, to be what it is. Um, but I do think there are some questions that you want to ask uh, the match that you're calling in order to do the best job possible. Um, especially, you know, there's something where uh, I, I call it mission critical is there something in this match that I absolutely need to be sure that I need to call? Maybe it's an interference thing. Maybe it's someone cheating. Maybe it's some other big thing that they want to do as a false finish. What is something that you absolutely want to make sure that I'm going to be able to call for you uh, and make sure the fans have pointed out. And sometimes the wrestlers will pull me aside and say, Hey, this is something I'm trying to do this, or this is a new move. I'm adding to my repertoire. It's called this. Uh, Please make sure to mention that there's plenty of times where wrestlers will come to, one of us and say, Hey, who's calling this match? Okay. X, Y, Z, here's something I need. So I do think it's part of the responsibility of, you know, I, I I think we both come in with notes. We talk as a commentary team before the show to make sure we're all on the same page and we know what we're kind of doing. And we have our own stories that we want to tell. Um, but I do think there is some responsibility to go to the wrestlers or or even the wrestlers to come to you if there really is something that they need that they want to, or are trying to get over or, or that they're just trying out that they're trying to establish to come to you and mention. So, uh, yeah, there is definitely a little bit of work that goes into that. And you also want to know what the way you want to direct the match like you want. If you're if you're about to get to the peak, you want to also commentate along those lines. So I think you need to have some knowledge of each of the match we're going in.
3: Yeah, my experience in Nova Pro is also very different. So the, the main commentary work that I've done has been with Nova Pro and with a promotion called Fight Pro Wrestling and it's sort of offshoot Fury Pro Wrestling. And specifically with Fight Pro Wrestling, I was booking that show. We were doing a weekly episodic television show that went for about 26 weeks total. Um, and so it was, it was learning on the job, both in terms of doing the commentary, but also in terms of um, booking the show, producing the talent, Um, coming up with the backstage promos and stuff like that. So doing commentary from that perspective isn't necessarily very different, but it is a different perspective. I'm the one who's put all this together. It's actually about trying not to give too much away and making sure that you're guiding in the right way, but with all that knowledge not being inauthentic. And that was also done in post-production. So it's very different than doing it live when you're watching it back on the screen. Um, In Nova Pro... I think we get just the right amount of information, the most part, so that we are not going to be caught off guard in a way that will leave the audience confused or lost, or that we will be completely unprepared. But at the same time, especially for me, because I think Kevin gets a little bit more information than hands information off to us, there is a freedom to be a little bit more spontaneous and to... To know, in particular, Kevin is the anchor. I can go to him. I can ask questions and be like, hey, is this something we can mention or something that we can't? And it's just as often and he's like, nope, cut that. Don't do it. Um, and I think that that's a trust that we're building where he knows I'm going to come in with a lot of creativity, but I'm not going to bust something out that's really big or weird without talking to him first. And there's been times that he's been like, no, don't do that. And there's times that he's been like, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. And the more I do it, the more I get a sense of where things are going naturally and what kind of stories we tell and what our flavor is, the more I don't need as much specific information because I'm now getting into the rhythm and the lifeblood of this particular promotion and the way that we work. Um, So I think it really is about trying to find a balance between having the point along the journey,
0: but I don't need to know how we're going to get there. I want to see that in the ring just like everybody else does. There's also things, too, that I will go to to Mike or somebody on the Nova Pro staff if I have a question. And it could be something as silly as, hey, do I call this guy Chris or Christopher? Um, you know, I want to make sure there's a consistency yeah. amongst there that, that between all of us as commentators, you're going to get the same story. You're going to get the same narrative from all of us. So there is – because even just little things like that can cause a disconnect. Uh, and, and so if there's anything I have a question on or something I want to be sure of, I'm not afraid to go to him and say, hey – this is a story that I kind of have in mind for this match. I talk to them and it's kind of what they're telling. But given what might be coming up in September, October, it, is it okay for me to say this sort of stuff or is this going to be going against what we are aiming for in the future there? So that's also, I think, our responsibilities as commentators is to recognize when we have to ask those sort of questions, not just to the wrestlers themselves, but the person who's putting the show together. Right on. Uh, so, so let me,
2: let me make sure this then. Ah, uh, when you're watching a match outside of ones that you're commentary, uh, commentating, has does your spespe- your perspective change on the match in, because of the commentary, be it good or bad? Uh, are you listening for things now instead of how has it changed your wrestling experience uh, as you are now, you know, in the uh, you know the recommentator?
0: It definitely makes me more aware of the commentary, um, and and it it. Definitely gives me an appreciation for what they're doing. But I also listen to it just, again, to kind of pick up things that I like and things that I don't like about commentary and sort of, again, tailoring my style to it. But it, but it does give me an appreciation for it because commentary is not easy. Um, it is something that takes a lot of work. It, it is not something – I think I think there is maybe this notion that anybody can get behind a microphone and, and and do it. And while that may be true to an extent, it takes so much work to get good at it, I think. I still don't think I'm good at it. Um, who knows if I ever will be, but I try. And, uh, you know, I, I've I've been doing this for three years. I had no commentary experience before this. I was scared to death doing my first Nova show, uh, but thankfully I had great partners along the way to help me out. Uh, but when I'm watching matches uh, and, and that I'm not a part of, I definitely listen to the commentary, I think, more intently and, and do have a greater appreciation for it overall.
3: Yeah, I think it's... Changed it in two different ways for me. Um, I definitely listen to commentary more. I, much like Kevin, am trying to listen to things that I want to pick up on. I hear bad habits and then I recognize them in myself and realize what I want to not do. I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things is when, you've, when you have not realized you have created a bad habit for yourself and then you become aware of it. You have to try and work very hard to not get stiff as you start to change what that bad habit is was um and it definitely is a situation now where i'm watching a wrestling show the quality of the commentary drastically affects my enjoyment of the show now and i have found that that rough commentary gets me a lot more uh turned off than it used to i also think though what's been cool is watching matches live now when i just go to a show and i'm sitting in the arena i'm thinking a lot more about the story that's being told and the strategies, and it provides a different perspective and an audience member. And sometimes you do just wanna lose yourself and you can, but it really does become a great opportunity to be thinking about, can I look ahead and see some of these plot points? Can I see by watching this match that I'm not calling where I think some of these moments are going? Am I able to follow the structure? Have I picked up the breadcrumbs? Oh good, I have or I haven't. So that, that when I watch it, when I'm doing it for the job, I can train my brain to be ready to see those stories in a less pressure situation so that I'm ready for it when the microphone is on. Because I think Kevin's completely right. It's not just about being funny or witty or smart. It's about really being able to tie and weave these things together to be able to put over not only what the promoter needs but the wrestler needs and most importantly, what the match needs. Because that's the story that's being told. And I'm a huge fan of physicality as performance and storytelling. And Flying V, which is the theater company I run, we've done three different shows called Flying V Fights, um, which was all shows built on vignettes of different kinds of stage combat. And what I learned working on that was that pro wrestling had been one of the best teachers that I could have ever asked for to work in that style. By watching and studying pro wrestling for years, I had been spending... My entire life being ready to help other people use physicality and violence to tell complex, nuanced stories without words. And that's something that wrestlers do. So we just have to be able to provide the right words to all the nuanced storytelling that they are doing. And that's not as simple as as being clever.
1: Jason, I got a question for you. Um, so going back to Fury Pro Wrestling, they had their debut show a couple of months yeah. ago. Um, you did have, and I would assume this would have been the first time you guys had worked as a team. I'm, I can't think of her name right now. Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Um, could you could you speak about that experience of working with a new partner, the preparation it took, and also, too, I mean, it was the debut show. You, um, I obviously was uh, working there with you as well. Not on commentary. But um, – uh i i did see you around preparing your notes and stuff for the show but i mean i want to know what what was your whole mental process coming into that venue um meeting new staff uh seeing some wrestlers you may not have been acquainted acquaint with before and then having a new commentary partner knowing that you was getting ready to um be the lead on the on a debut show well
3: that's one of the things that was different also i would say at nova pro my role is largely for the most part especially when i'm working with with Kevin or Isaiah on color, but it has been one that switched back and forth. I don't think we have quite set roles, but in that Fury Pro show, I was definitely coming in as the lead. Um, Working with Mike, the promoter, as we had on Fight Pro Wrestling, I was very in the know about where he wants things to go and what his philosophy is. He had also been my broadcast partner at Fight Pro Wrestling the entire time, so it was him and I. I knew especially that Missy was coming in to really provide the wrestler's perspective and that she was there as someone who knew a lot of the talent personally had ring stories, road stories, and the perspective of being a wrestler, that my job was to help set the overall structure of the promotion, to help set the tone of the kind of stories that were going to be told, to help provide the narrative focus of it, and to tee her off in an appropriate way to be able to get that kind of analysis in, since it was one of her first times doing commentary. There's 8 million things I wish that we could have done differently, because, like Kevin said, we're very self-critical people, and I constantly and thinking of how to make it better and there's a there's an explanation or not and there's a saying in theater you work with someone the first time to get to work with them a second time i think we did a really solid job but in working together i now feel like we will do a much better job the second time because i have better sense of her rhythm i have a better sense of the way she likes to interject things i think that's one of the things that most you have to learn doing commentary, I mean, it's a thing that we're naturally doing now, but in a much more structured environment, is learning how to breathe with your partner, to be able to sort of non-verbally communicate, I'm going to take something here, or let them go, or um, figuring out how to break up the appropriate time to call the pin, you know, the pin attempt and stuff like that. So with, with Fury, it was different because it was live commentary being done from a different room on a monitor. So it was a first time experience that I'd ever done live commentary to tape with a new partner but from one steady cam perspective so the thing i was most nervous about going in was actually whether or not i would be able to see all of the action clearly enough to be able to call the nuance and those specific moments and so i had to kind of early decide the focus of today's commentary was not going to be about hitting as much the specific technique points that we might hit but focusing on those broader story points. So that way, if I was missing the specifics of some action because of the view, it wouldn't suddenly sound like I stopped knowing what I was talking about. That was an early decision that I had to make uh, in that circumstance.
1: Right on. Um, I I do have a a couple of listener questions uh, for the two of you guys. Um, One being, and kind of on the note of what Jason just said, Has there been any shows where you've messed up on commentary that that vaguely re- sticks out in your head? Yeah, at the Fury Pro Show, I
3: there was a late addition to the card. Um, someone got injured the day before and a different wrestler was put on the card in their place and I didn't have time to do the uh, research that I wanted to do about this person because I literally found out that they were on the show that day. They were in this match, and I'd heard about them before. And so without really thinking about it, I referred to them as a veteran, at which point Missy immediately goes, veteran? They've only been here two years and completely buried me. And I was like, (laughs) uh, I I just had to roll with it. I was like, internally, I was like, really? Come on. Externally, I was like, okay, well, this helps establish our dynamic and what we're going to be, so now I'm going to lean into this. And I was just sensing like, apparently your sources are much better than mine, Missy. And like now suddenly I was slightly more bumbling, you know, not intensely, but that was definitely, uh, the number one moment that I can think of where I was like, thank you for calling me out explicitly on commentary about a thing that I was wrong about. Ugh. can't wait to <laughs> listen to that match pack.
0: I don't, I don't have anything like that in particular. Thanks Kevin. Oh, you're welcome. No, I mean, my, <laughs> my commentary at work is totally flawless. The answer is no <laughs> moving on. No, I mean, I can't, there's definitely nothing that I, I feel like there was a, a major mess up because I'm very, I feel like if I don't know something with certainty, I just, I just don't mention it or I'd hope either my partner does, or if it doesn't get mentioned, that nah, doesn't get mentioned maybe next time. But yeah, there was definitely times where I would, where I was, you know, so nervous on the first Nova show, I would freeze. Even when I did the first power bomb stream for, uh, Actually went up to, to Philadelphia and did a, a powerbomb show with Leonard F. Chakarson, and there was times where just just being in a, in a new environment. And it was actually an exact same situation that Jason had at Fury Pro. Uh, it was at the the Chakar Wrestle Factory, and they don't have the commentary booth in with all the fans. It's in a hallway in the arena, and it's very nerve wracking because it's first of all you're not you're not feeding off the energy of the crowd because you're only hearing it through the headsets, but B. Uh, Here I am sitting next to to Joe Sposto, one of my favorite commentators ever, but there's also four or five other people in the room who are kind of listening to what you're doing. So you feel more aware of the people around you listening, and it just causes you to to sort of get a little more nervous and freeze up. But those, those two instances where I just, I could feel the nerves and felt like so many people were like specifically listening on me, where they probably weren't even paying any attention to what I was doing. That's really the the two moments I can think of where I probably had some slip ups just from nerves and not being able the synapses weren't firing as much as they are when I'm more comfortable in my own element. In Nova.
1: And, and, and now that you you speak about nerves, uh, let's talk about the first time you've ever called commentary. Now, now you you talked about it a little a little bit already, but yeah. I mean, what what is the mental preparation or how nervous were you when you do know that you have to go into that arena that venue to do a job that you've never done? The unknown,
0: was, just the unknown factor. Yeah. What's
1: the what's the all-around feels there? Well,
0: well, so that's the thing. You say the unknown, and it's it's not just the job you didn't do, but you don't know the feeling of sitting at a desk with a microphone watching it. You just don't know what that feels like, or you don't get the rhythm of a match, when to talk, when not to talk, when to not step on your partner's toes so you guys don't talk over each other. Um, and at that point, I th- it was MLJ who did the first show with me. I didn't do every match on our first show because I was new, Um, but it was definitely a a good, uh, it was a, and I also felt a little less pressure knowing this is also Nova's first event. So I didn't want to necessarily screw up, but, um, nobody had seen Nova before. So there was a little bit of that pressure off. It wasn't like I was coming into a well-established company where expectations were already set. So I kind of kept reminding myself of that. And I, I let my partner kind of lead the way and I sort of followed in their footsteps. And I did that for enough shows until I finally kind of understood what what it was like to to lead and then I really not not even by choice I just sort of became the lead commentator with all the the changes and stuff in the booth but yeah it's 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 just getting used to it you know it's um you know it's one thing where you can you can think about it and practice in your own home all day long but until you're there and actually doing it, it you just need to have that experience under your belt and yeah, it's you just got to try to perform and not get stuck and not and not freeze up. I had the benefit
3: for the first time like I said my first several sessions of commentary were post-production commentary. So, you know, if there was a moment that I felt really bad about we it was not live, pal. It was the ability mm-hmm. to stop it and go back and actually do it from the beginning, which for that first day we did. There was one time when I was like, "Hey, I really don't like the work that I just did. Can you please go back and do it?" The mics were less intimidating for me because I had had a four year career in radio. So I was used to being an on air DJ and talking about that and doing my own radio show and being a personality as well as all of my work with Flying B in a lot of ways as artistic director. I'm the face of that company. I'm the promoter. I've kind of the ring announcer of a lot of our events in a weird way. So there was a degree of comfort just with being able to use my voice to speak extemporaneously and to use public speaking. Um, But every new experience is a little bit different. So I had done the first couple sessions in that sort of very post-produced thing. And I remember listening to the first round of commentary and just hating myself. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, there was a match in a tournament between a brutal Bob Evans and I think Robbie Page, um, and I thought I was doing so good providing backstory and context. And I listened to the match and I was like, oh, I failed. I didn't do anything to support what they were doing in the ring. I spent all this time talking about the context and the strategy and I walked all over the match and I was really unhappy with myself. So I think listening to what you do and is so important. It's not about just doing it, it's about listening and actually taking the notes and learning. Kevin was there the first day I think I turned and was like, I think that that was actually pretty good. Um, And it it, it was a while in. I'd been doing it, but it takes a while before you're even like, I think I'm okay. And I remember the first time that we did a live Powerbomb broadcast, it was a different feeling to me. It's one thing to do it live in the arena for tape, but knowing that I'd be able to get instant feedback potentially by people providing it. And now that's what I love more than anything. Like I love doing it all the time, but oh man, if we could do it live on Powerbomb every single time, there's <laughs> nothing like it. It's just a completely different energy. It's a different kind of rock and roll. Um, I think we both feel that way. I know that, that, that I feel like when Kevin and I sit down there and it's, it's, it's real
0: live, there's just a different gear that we want to turn it on for. It's, it's, it's pressure, but it's a good kind of pressure. Because, you know, people are are listening in and you're getting that immediate feedback from from Twitter or other social media, where is if it's on an MP4 or DVD or what have you, you may get some feedback later. But ultimately, it's the live it's the live shows that I think people are more scrutinous about commentary and and such uh, if they're not just outright ignoring it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... So, uh a, a a question coming from Will who uh couldn't make it to the show tonight. He's uh getting ready to go on the road for travel. as as, is, as all of us are Out obviously. Um nobody knows that, but yeah, we are all getting ready to get out of town soon. Um mm-hmm. uh, but um he wanted to know what was personally y'all some of y'all favorite or your favorite moment at Nova Pro. Now, it doesn't he said it doesn't necessarily have to be your best moment or but their favorite
0: moment for any particular reason um i mean i first thing that immediately came to mind was angela slain throwing a fireball in mikey king's face because how could you not love that but i mean it's i mean that's one of those moments where you know there's so many great matches in nova pro history but there's only one time where someone threw a fireball in somebody's face so <laughs> it sticks out in your head so uh so much uh and i know this is a little moment but i believe uh cool for the summer the show with Keith Lee versus Angeles land that we talked about earlier. I believe that was the first Nova pro sellout. So to look at the crowd and see every yep. chair filled and Brian, Hughes, the ring announcer announced we are sold out was it gave me goosebumps. It, it gave me chills. Um, and I mentioned this on Twitter too, but uh, you know, I started watching wrestling back in WWF in 1994 when the Quebecers were the WWF tag team champions. So seeing PCO who was one half of the champions when I started wrestling, come out to the ring to fight Nick Gage was just such a surreal moment in my life. I mean, I never thought I would call a Nick Gage match, let alone a, a Pierre Carlette match in my life. Um, and I could say that for so many wrestlers who have come through Nova pro. Um, but I think, and, and honestly, like even doing those second and third events, I mean, I, the Kings had talked about putting on an event for years before the first Nova pro came to fruition. And honestly, with the night of that first show, there was no telling if there was going to be a second, a third, let alone a, 25th or 30th or whatever we're at in Nova pro we're about to celebrate our third year anniversary in September, which is so crazy to me. Uh, so even just those early days when the show was over and you could just say like, we, we really did it. We ran a show in Northern Virginia and, and brought wrestling to this audience who has just been starred for this for so long was, was so, was just so invigorating and it's something that we, we've we kind of continued to do. And I know it's, it's easy to take for granted now that we're running monthly, but it is such a special thing that we were able to bring, Uh, you know uh an indie wrestling company to an area that had none or just didn't have any good wrestling for so many years uh to bring it there and and have you know regulars like you guys come every single month and just support and cheer and be so great uh i mean uh, it sounds a little cliche but honestly every show feels so good because of it like i can't believe we're actually doing this again Uh, (laughs) it's like we're getting away with something um so, yeah, but those are the moments that stick out in my head, I think, uh, not to drag this out too long. What about you, Jason? Uh, I mean, the opportunity to call an NWA
3: World Heavyweight Championship match is something that I will treasure forever. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I knew how much it would sort of mean to me until it was actually something that was put on the table. Um, and not only just because of how cool that is and to be able to, to, to be like, we did that, but to watch Isaiah in particular put on that kind of match with someone with the experience of Nick Aldis and really sort of watch a young guy who I don't know very well, but I've had the opportunity to really sort of watch the evolution of his career and the time that I've been there and see him develop and sort of become a future star in one night and put so many things together and hang with Nick Aldis. I just thought that whole experience was great. Uh, As far as shows go, I really did think the second night of the Commonwealth Cup this year was top to bottom one of the best wrestling shows that I've ever seen or been a part of. I was so proud of that show from beginning to end, the variety of the matches. Um, on a personal level, probably two of my favorite moments was during the, the second day show, the women's show of the Commonwealth Cup, where during a match, Angelus interfered and she was doing some really dastardly things. And Kevin is a uh, – sorry, Dennis – was a huge proponent of Angelus Lane. So he was just going off on how great she was. And it just really provoked some real honest emotion for me about just yelling to Angelus from the commentary table, What are you doing? You can't do this. You're ruining it. And and it was, turning, I
1: was next to you. That was awesome.
3: Yeah. And just her turning to me and just going, S my D, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the first time where I was like, I'm in this show. You know what I mean? Like, I'm part of this family. I know this person now that they are comfort whatever I like it was just like oh I'm a real character in this show and I have a perspective and I have a relationship with another character in the show I now feel a total different level of like who Jason Heat in Nova Pro can be on a similar level I just remember the night that it looked like uh, Sage Phillips had won the PWI Ultra J Championship yep. from Logan LaRoe. and I thought that we did a really great job calling that match. That was one. Of, I think that was the time when I turned to Kevin, was like, "I think we did good." Mm. And then we were quoted in the newspaper article that came yep. out, actually, like lines from we said, and that was really, really validating. And on a ridiculous level, and we're all kind of used to it now. But the first time Donst came out to the safety <laughs> dance, <laughs> I lost it It (laughs) the greatest moment of ever so like now it's like a thing but when it was not a thing and it just happened i I, i'm pretty sure i stood up and just started like cheering at the desk (laughs) i did not know that was
0: happening uh something that you 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 tapped into reminded me of two memories because you mentioned isaiah frazier getting the challenge for the NWA world title there is it's almost like watching your kids grow up. Some of the wrestlers who come in, who are so You're new to lie. wrestling and are still coming to this area. Um, Sage Phillips is a great example. You talked about the PWA ultra day championship, but even just a couple no. months ago, seeing him hang with Jonathan Gresham in the ring was so rewarding. And seeing that to me, would, like put a pin in how far that guy has come. Cause if you look back at some of Sage's first matches in Nova pro, they were not nearly as polished as he is today. Yes. Uh, even with the knee injury, putting him on a setback for so long, he is, Sage is so unbelievably good, and to see him go from somebody who wasn't even supposed to be on a show and that and you got the pre-show match with Ken Dixon to being in the Commonwealth Cup and having you know these great moments with Logan and having the show-stealing performance with Gresham, it 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 does make you feel like a proud parent seeing him come from so far, uh, especially because he comes from a Billy Rock school, and I'm so close with a lot of those people. But I remember a reaction I did not expect uh, was at our eleventh uh, dimension, the Black Friday show we had. Uh, the women's Survivor Series match in the main event, which was cool because the first Nova show had one female on it, and that one match had 10 women in it. So uh, I think it's great that that Mike King has made it uh, a concerted effort to bring so much great women's wrestling Nova. Um, but Alley Cat being the sole survivor, I ha- I like I was calling the match, and I felt my, a lump in my throat and tears get into my eyes, and I was like, I wasn't expecting to have this reaction. Uh, But if you go back and listen, I talk about how Allie Cat went from someone who was on the Nova tryout show who nobody knew existed before she came there. And just a few months later, she was a a fan favorite and the sole survivor in the main event of our black Friday show. And how proud I was of her for getting to that point. That was all very real, very genuine emotion. And I did not expect to feel that emotionally about it. That isn't what I knew I was going to call for that match, but I genuinely really felt it in that moment. And it was, it, it it's something that I that I was not expecting, but it was such a great thing to feel.
1: I, I literally uh, a zillion percent agree with you on that. Literally, my same exact thoughts. And Isaiah Frazier, one thing mm-hmm. I want to add to that too is um being being around Nova family and you know coming to the show early and you know uh, helping do the pre show and everything is is a humble moment for us. I know uh, that I, that has to be a, I that has to be one of my memories is when we first started that pre show jamal looked over at me and said wow we're live like you know we're able to do this and we went from being fans and mike gave us the task to do it and never since then is we you know we've just been doing it but it's it's a surreal thing to be uh not part of just the culture of nova pro but be to be part of that family but isaiah frazier i always will recall him coming into nova pro and when the crab family comes in there he you know obviously they, they they was helping put up the ring but he beelines over and make sure he introduces himself to everyone before he gets to the task of putting up the ring, which, you know, that's, that's time critical, but he makes sure that he speaks to each and every person that's in the building. And then to see him go against Nick Aldis in that match. Now we did have him on for an interview and, you know, we generated a lot of talking and, and background on it, but to see him literally go and hang toe to toe with Nick Aldis literally was like, I literally felt so proud. Like you said, that once he came out, I didn't even know what to say to him. So I just went up and gave him a hug. And I was like, I hope this isn't weird. But, like, I just don't know what to say, dude. Like, you, you killed that. Like, and that place went crazy for him.
3: I mean, he was a star in his next match. That reaction stayed. Like, it made a real impression. Um, it was just a really cool moment. And it was just such an honor to call that for him and, and – um, for that belt, which is really experiencing a resurgence that I yeah. certainly think that, you know, 10 years ago, I never thought was going to happen.
0: Yeah. Not at all. Well, and that's that's the beauty of, of independent pro wrestling. I mean, you can watch an NWA title match with Nick Aldis and Isaiah Frazier. You can go tell Nick Aldis to his face how much you like that match and take a picture holding the title belt with him right after it.
1: <laughs> you could give
0: Isaiah <laughs> Frazier a hug because you were so proud of him and liked the yeah. match so much. Yeah. That's the beauty of independent professional wrestling. Yeah, Um, you know, I think there's uh, it's 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 a form of escapism like television or books or movies like that. But you can't reach out and high five a character in a movie. Right. You can slap hands, though, with a wrestler. And that, I think, is why it's such a unique experience of why so many people are are drawn to it and and why they have so much fun doing it. That's that's the biggest difference from something even like WWE or something like that. You can't go backstage and tell Seth Rollins he had a killer match after the fact. But you can with Nick Aldis and Isaiah Frazier yeah. after interview.
3: Work hard enough, you can get Nick Gage to hurt you. you know That's right. It's, if you if you do enough, you it's it's all it's all possible. Homicide's <laughs> right there. Test your luck. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I I gotta give you guys your props. I mean, thinking about all this too makes me think like how hard of a job it is to take. I mean, obviously your emotions are going to flow through your vocal cords, but at some point I mean, I could imagine myself unable to sit down in my seat anymore from the excitement and just be so invested in what just happened i almost forgot that i was supposed to be calling commentary like i I just i i I couldn't i couldn't even gather the fact of having that task considering especially especially like you said the 11th dimension show that was absolutely amazing andrews Lane being the biggest heel in nova pro getting a standing ovation at the end of that match like I can imagine having to say anything but to sit there and clap, so that de- definitely uh props to you guys for being able to do this on a on a on a monthly basis for nova pro
0: we i mean we love it i mean that's that's what it that's what it all boils down to this is a labor of love for us um and it's something where I know uh. I Again, I had no commentary experience for doing Nova Pro. Mike King came to me and said, I want you to do commentary for us. He had no reason to. Again, I had no experience. He, he took a chance on me, and he was patient with me. He gave me the space to grow, and for that I will forever be grateful. And It is something that I, I really, truly enjoy doing and do not take for granted that uh, he didn't have to put me in that booth at any point. Uh, in in this period because, again, I had no experience. There was far better people that he was well-connected to that he could have given the spot. But he wanted to give it to me. He had faith in me. He appreciated that I was local to the area, and thus I cared more about the development of Nova Pro than somebody who he could have maybe brought in from outside the area. And it's something that I I still enjoy to this day. I can't imagine not enjoying it. And uh, I think that's something I always keep in the back of my mind is just I'm so grateful to be a part of this independent wrestling thing. And it's uh, it's – it's awesome. It's just really awesome to be a part of it. And not to not to extend Kevin's
3: ego further than it already is, because we always fear doing that. But I mean, I feel very similarly both to Mike, but also to Kevin. You know, I had been doing work with Fight, but really wanted to be doing more. I came to see a bunch of Nova Pro shows just because I wanted to mention to Kevin that I did commentary um, helped out with some sound, which is just a really good piece of advice for anyone who wants to potentially break into wrestling. Have other things that you're able to do to help out, because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's part of a huge reason why uh, yeah. I got invited. But like the opportunity and to be continued to be invited back and to get some mentoring in this and to really find a voice in this group has been phenomenal. And like Kevin, really um working with him and watching him has taught me a tremendous amount of doing it. And um, I really appreciate the, the platform that Nova Pro has offered and continues to offer me. The That weekend of Commonwealth Cup where Nova Pro and Fury ran the same weekend and I did four shows in three days is one of my favorite weekends of all time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That was the most fun. I wish every weekend would be like that. So right
2: now, speaking so. of Nova Pro, uh, we're, well, what, a week and a half away from their next show, the 28th of July, First time, uh, you know, a new venue for Nova Pro. Uh, I've not been to this venue before, but it's eighty four twenty one Arlington Boulevard in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, it's Harlem Knights. Doors open at seven. Bell times at seven thirty. Uh, most of the front row is gone, so if you don't have tickets, don't know what you're waiting for. But it's twenty five dollars for the first row. General admission is twenty bucks. And check out the Twitter at Va Wrestling for more details. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to in this uh, upcoming show, or is it just whatever happens happens? Well,
3: oh, there's definitely specific things. <laughs> I, I think of, I think of three for me right now that I'm most looking forward to. Um,
1: <laughs> I know you're gonna steal mine, so, but just
0: go well, for it. It's gonna steal all of ours for sure.
1: Well,
3: all right. Well, for, for actually, I'll go with one that I think maybe is 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 not as much. I'm really excited, Logan and Yuda is one of the ones that I'm really excited for. The two Commonwealth Cup uh, champions, Wheeler Yuta is finding his place in Nova Pro. It's been an interesting journey for him to become a main event talent and it hasn't been the smoothest thing, especially with the stuff going on with Homicide. This is a real opportunity for him to prove himself against the person that I think is the backbone of Nova Pro. You can make a case that other people are the heart The soul, the future, the gatekeeper, whatever you want. But I think that whatever you think about him, Logan Easton LaRoe is the backbone of the company. And so what an incredible test. I can't wait to see Tim Thatcher uh, live. Like, that's going to be a thing. Um, And there's alcohol and Nick Gage and Tim Donston. They're doing a, a... Someone's gonna die.
1: There's mine. Well <laughs> there's mine. I'm I'm on to stop what you at the
0: alcohol and Nick Gage part, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does Mike King not want to return to that building? I mean, I don't I don't know what he's thinking. He's ruined one building
2: uh that we should not speak of, but <laughs> yeah, we will not speak of that.
3: Okay, so, off the air,
0: I don't know this story.
2: Uh, we'll, we'll talk later. Yeah, yeah.
3: please.
0: Yeah, no. Everything you said, I think. Um, I think Yuda and Logan's kind of fallen under the radar. Uh, they stole the show back in February at at the the season premiere for for Nova this year, uh, but that was a whole different game then. Now both of them are, are Commonwealth Cup champions, and I expect them to have an even better outing this time. Especially now that Logan's associated with Stokely Hathaway, uh, sort of out of nowhere, so that adds a completely different dynamic to both performers coming into this contest. Um, You know, the thing I like about Nova Pro is it gives so many young people opportunities they might not get elsewhere. And I think we're getting that in two matches in particular. Uh, One is Harlow O'Hara getting to face Mia Yim. I mean, we all know how how much Nova Pro means to Mia Yim as somebody who grew up in the area, went to school in the area, all that, learned to wrestle in in Virginia. Uh, You know, John Kerman was one of her trainers back in the day uh she gets to wrestle in front of her parents when she's here so being a nova pro means a great deal to her i think it's great for harlow harrow who just made her nova pro debut four months ago now gets to be in there with somebody who was in WWE's may young classic last year that's just awesome to me and the match that i didn't know about till it got announced on twitter was fred Yehai versus sage phillips Mm -hmm. i think that's gonna be really good um I mean, those two guys just have complimentary styles. Like I said, Sage has improved so much in the two years he's been here. And if if him and Jonathan Gresham's any indication, him and Fred Yehai is another match of that has show stealing potential. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a really I mean, we're coming to this new building all guns blazing. We're putting on I think a a really awesome looking show in our in our first time there at the at the Elks Lodge. Yeah, so you definitely
2: want to get your tickets uh, now. And they are definitely selling out. Are they reported early on the Twitter machine
0: that seventy percent of the front row is is gone? So yeah, the front row I may not you, be there tomorrow. And I will tell you, this is not going to be on Powerbomb TV. So the only way you can see this live is to be there at the building. Uh, maybe future events, if the if it all goes well, will be at Powerbomb TV. We just don't know how the internet connection is at the building. And mm-hmm. with, I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been indie wrestling fans, but I remember that the housey days of i pay per view was just internet outage disaster after disaster (laughs) so if you're not certain you can run a show there without any interruptions we're not even going to bother so uh if you want to see it live we're just going to put on the best damn show we can for the people in the building that night like we always do so if you want to see it live got to come out to elks lodge on july 28th
3: i just wanted to like go back to one thing because i said thatcher but it's not just thatcher it's specifically thatcher against gresham
0: and, and, and before you steal
1: my point, because I'm going to cut you off, the last time Gresham faced someone that was significantly taller than him in Donovan Dijack happens to be within my top five of matches at Nova Pro. So I'm expecting this match easily. For, I mean, it's Gresham alone. Gresham versus the Ghost. Gresham versus Gresham. <laughs> Gresham just standing there is all going to be great. Yeah, but he's the, the fact that his stature... Gresham's... I'm, I'm
3: Gresham. He's Gresham is special. Yehai is special. I mean, there's a lot of tremendous talent at Nova Pro, but there's also like just a core handful of this sort of workhorse, modern hybrid style guys in Nova Pro that make a routine appearance. It's you know Gresham and Williams and Yehai and Logan that just sort of form this sort of backbone, I think. Gresham versus Thatcher has the potential to just be something incredibly different.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, personally, that's my favorite uh, style of wrestling. Uh, the Lance Storms, the Dean Malinkos, the Benoits, and now it's the Greshams, the Freddie A. Yeah. the Sage Phillips, Logan. And so, you know, I, you know it's, yeah, it's going to be nuts. It's actually uh, the match that I'm looking forward to the most, uh, aside from uh, Jordan Grace versus Reign. Um, you have a good taste, Jamal. Thank you. Uh, I think so. But yeah, But Jordan Grace can really do no wrong. And with Rain uh, coming in for, well, I think this is her debut. Second. She went up again. Second, yeah. Second Okay. Yeah. So, right. yeah, so that's going to be nuts. And then obviously they're giving Rain some stiff competition in Nova Pro. Uh, so, Rain versus Jordan Grace is definitely worth the price of admission. And you get uh, Freddie High versus Sage Phillips, which. Honestly, should steal the show. That's the one that's, you know, that's the one that the people that want to sleep on because Sage Phillips has been slowly uh, coming up, climbing the ladder, and he's really on the rise. And he's honestly, he's the anti-Logan. Like both of them technically sound very proficient, but as far as their, you know, their their styles, their personas, it's almost night and day. So it's going to be very interesting to see those two meet down the road. But, you know, because you know they have to. But for right now, uh Gay versus Stage Philip is my match of the night.
0: So anti-Logan that's... is about the best compliment you can give somebody. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm 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 on team Fiji. <laughs> can we hang up on Jason? Is that a possibility for the <laughs> I,
3: mean, I think Logan's something special. He's he, it's it's like like X Pac during the invasion. He might be a D Bag, but he's our D Bag. And we need to own it. We need to we need to try and, and change him from the inside. You can't you can't make him into something different by constantly turning him off, Kevin. We have to find a way to get him to embrace being the champion of Nova Pro beyond just the champion of the one percent. And you constantly grading him is turning him further and further to the dark side of the force. He's with Stokely now. We have to work together, Kevin.
0: Get Logan to come out to Uncle Cracker like X Pac during the invasion, and we'll talk.
3: I have to, like, you don't realize the level to which Uncle Cracker is not only my least favorite musical artist of all time, but I've literally run out of buildings when his songs have been on the radio. It is the most offensive sound to my ear of anything has ever happened. Not, no hyperbole, total shoot. I have run out of buildings when Follow Me comes on.
1: <laughs> Bet you didn't <laughs>
3: think
0: that conversation was going to happen on this podcast. No, I really didn't.
1: <laughs> I w- I will say this. the core nucleus and heart of the Nova Pro roster Nova Pro is going to be safe and run excellent shows for years to come. Uh the talent and just to see them grow and then you still got the tail end of the ta- the crab people still
0: coming into their own. I mean things are things are bright in Northern Virginia right now. Yeah, and and that's something else that I think we're we're very mindful of is that it's great to bring in your stars like Timothy Thatcher and Rain and and so on and so forth, but they're not people who just for distance or popularity or whatever else aren't going to be able to be there every month. So it is incredibly important to have those people who are local to your area, who you know, you can depend on to be there month after month to make the nucleus of, of Nova pro. And so it's great to have outside talent come in to spice up a card, change up the cards, draw some people who may be new to there. But uh, I, I think again, it is, it is, I think of the utmost importance uh, to keep the focus and the nucleus, as you say, on those on those people, and I think Nova's doing a pretty good job at a balancing act between that.
3: And I, yeah. I, uh, I would say I don't have any um, knowledge really of where things are going in the future. So this is genuinely me as a fan saying this. A match that I would love to see in the future is Jordan versus Logan. You were talking about anti Logans, and I think Sage is a great example of that. I think Eric has been a great example of that. But if you're thinking about a great antagonist and a great protagonist. Putting Jordan against Logan in some meaningful capacity, I think that's a totally different dynamic, but a huge antagonist and a great
2: protagonist that people can get behind.
1: My God, I never thought
2: of that. Whoa. Whoa. I I have thought of that, but to be fair, uh, Jordan Grace is a woman of substance, and I think that she would be better in the gated community, surrounded by a gated community, surrounded by yet another gated community, and fighting against it I think that she's a smart woman and uh, when, when the Fiji war uh, comes in Jordan grace knows where she needs to go now the question is what mr. Gresham thinks about that but that's a different story for a different day uh, with that said to your point Kevin I do believe that um, uh, the role of Sanjay Dutt in Nova Pro is it, it kind of is a better example of what you're talking about because Sanjay was there for every show he was the backbone of the show and now he's really hands off to now I, you know, we we still miss him and we definitely want him to come back, but it's like the the kids uh, are in good hands and they can drive the bus now.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think it can be understated how important it was Sanjay Dutt was in the development of Nova pro. I mean, he's somebody who he grew up here. He went to Lake Braddock high school. He went to George Macy university. Uh, I know he's, he's affiliated with impact wrestling and he, and he's an international star in, in so many ways, but He cares so much about Nova Pro because it is, I think it is the place that he wished he had to wrestle when he was developing as a professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. And now as someone who is a tried and true veteran, who's been wrestling for nearly two decades, uh, to be there to just add, just him being involved adds a little of prestige uh, that I don't think can be understated. And I think he added legitimacy to when we were shopping around the concept to places like the JCC, uh, trying to get us our foot in the door Uh, Sanjay was there to help Um, so I think when we say he is the godfather of Nova Pro that's just not a very cute nickname it is very true he means so much to us Uh, obviously he's uh, he's on the men from getting better from his leg and uh, you know he has a lot of duties and wrestling that he must uh, involve himself with but I know that getting him back to Nova Pro is a priority for both himself and us And I think it's a matter of just when it's going to happen than if. And I'm glad you gave him a shout-out because I truly think Sanji is a great person. I think his contribution to Nova Pro cannot be understated.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely want to be in the building this – not this Saturday. I wish it was this Saturday. (laughs) It's Saturday, July 28th at the Elks Lodge of Arlington Fairfax, 8421 Arlington Boulevard in Fairfax, Virginia. 7 o'clock, the door is open. Bell time is 7.30 – Get your front row tickets now, $25. 70% are gone. So if you want to sit in the front row, do it now. And you do. You do. You, you, do you, want do. you, you absolutely yeah. want to sit in the front row.
1: Yeah. Until, your general admission uh, dollars so, you know. Nick Gage throws Timothy dots at you, and then your front row is no longer there. So, you know.
2: I mean, to be fair, Eric Royal <laughs> has been known to obliterate several sections yeah. of the JCC. Yeah,
1: and then there's the... So, yeah.
2: But you definitely
1: want to be in the front row. <laughs> um, before we wrap the show up, uh, it, it would be foolish not to, again, give uh, the Kings a shout-out for believing in people and giving people chances. Uh, I think we spoke about a lot about Nova Pro and everything, but um, I think we uh, religiously kept getting back to the fact that um, they were giving us a chance. They gave you guys a chance. They, they gave young talent a chance that now pretty much everyone has found a home and found a purpose to be part of something that's really special right here in our backyard. So definitely want to give a shout out to them for um, believing in people and giving them chances.
0: Um, Definitely. And And, and something I want to say, and I don't know how you guys necessarily feel, but uh, I hope you understand how how grateful we are for all the time and attention you've given to Nova Pro um, and how you are an extension of the Nova Pro family in and of itself. Um, you know, and I, and to anybody who's out there, you know, the snack society, we appreciate them for bringing snacks to the Nova pro locker room for (laughs) giving us shout outs on their shows. We appreciate Sean Neutron and all he does on his, his podcast. Um, if you're a fan who's ever brought a sign to a show and maybe you don't get acknowledged and you think a wrestler didn't see it, uh, it did get seen and it probably got a good chuckle out of us. So to say that we are so immensely thankful for anybody who chooses to put down their $20 or $25 and come spend a Friday or Saturday evening with us. We can't understate how appreciative we are of that. And that is the reason why Nova pro has been able to last for nearly three years. So, uh, as, as somebody who has lived in Virginia since he was five years old, who never had a wrestling company like this and is privileged to be there every month in the capacity that I am, uh, I am so grateful that the fans have kept Nova pro alive and kicking because it is as good as it is because of our awesome, awesome fans i don't even know so, how to calling okay. that one out
1: <laughs> thank, you, no. thank you thank you for sure but uh yeah that that's that's as genuine as it gets right there um so yeah before we get out of here guys um and the information is in the description uh for anyone who may be listening live or um will be listening to the uh podcast uh version of this uh plug your social medias and anything else you have going on that you want to plug
0: Jason, go, you go first.
1: Sure. Um, you can read
3: the one or two things that I don't post about Nova Pro on Twitter at JasonHeatFV um, in terms of that it's mainly Nova Pro related stuff and then like once a month I'll put something else. Uh, but please check out that. But even more important for me, uh, in addition to my work with Nova Pro, I am the producing artistic director of Flying V. We are your friendly neighborhood indie theater uh, with a focus on the intersection of intimate moments and high concept pop culture based theater. If you like Nova Pro Wrestling, we are the theater company for you. One of the big reasons I love being at Pro is I look at that audience and I see a very similar audience uh, to the kind of work that we make. Uh, and you can check us out at Flying V Theater on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Flying V Theater or at FlyingVtheater.com. We do a lot of really interesting physical movement-based work. We do a lot of stuff inspired by professional wrestling, comics, and other genre fiction. Um and so that's my other life's work and I'd love for you to come check that out.
0: Oh, we can follow me on Twitter at KFord13. I don't tweet a lot, but if you tweet at me, I'll definitely respond. Uh, also, if you happen to be listening to this and have never seen Nova Pro, I highly recommend going to powerbomb.tv and subscribing. You can use the code Nova Pro to get 20 days for free, so there's absolutely no risk whatsoever. Not always the Nova Pro, but there's other great promotions like Beyond Wrestling, the Scenic City Invitational, AIW, WXW. There's a smorgasbord of promotions up there. Making Towns Classic. Making Towns Classic, yes. 27 Nova Pro full events are on there for your, your watching pleasure. So go check it out if you haven't seen Nova Pro yet. And... uh Guys, I actually, if you will allow me to, uh, for our next show after Harlem Nights, we have uh, the Summer of George on August 24th, and I have an exclusive announcement for you, if you would let me. Oh, yeah, of course we're going to cut you off this plan. Give it. (laughs) Uh, So I mentioned we have Mia Yim coming up on uh, July 28th, and she was in last year's May Young Classic in the WWE, but debuting on August 24th, we're going to have somebody from this year's Mae Young Classic the Canadian Ninja, Nicole Matthews, will make her debut on August 24th. So check that out. Summer George at the Andale Volunteer Fire Department. Wow. Bam. <laughs> there's your exclusive for you. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> Got to bring the goods on the Big Gold Belt podcast. Absolutely. We appreciate
1: it. Hey, that'll be twice the same a month because I will be making my way down to the May, uh, May Young Classic. So oh, that, that's, awesome. that's That's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, this has definitely been one of my favorite shows. Like, but we have hit our mark because I can, I, I still have questions on the paper I have in that. But we have hit our mark, um, guys. Th- the door is open. We have to do this again. Would love to, absolutely, one
3: hundred percent.
1: And 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 then we're gonna just make it a party because we have to get Innocent Isaiah on here, <laughs> and we have to get Dennis on here, and it, it just makes sense that we'd just have a whole sheen dig all together with the voices of Nova Pro.
3: Dennis and Kevin, a little bit separated. They don't always play well together. Just a little <laughs> bit of space between the two of them.
1: <laughs> He's not wrong.
2: Well, we, yeah. If we're going to do that, then we should just get Angelus and make it a party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, considering that the last time you and Angelus was together, and then we just got the other story uh, with Jason and Angelus, I don't know. She might burn this podcast down. So You want a very <laughs> X-rated podcast, me and be an Angelus, <laughs> Can <laughs> request to come true i think we need to make it happen we haven't had andrews on the show so i'm i, I mean th- that just makes sense to me we,
2: we have, have not so we, we we got beef too so bring it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well anyway um for everyone who um gave questions tuned in tweets and all that other good stuff we definitely appreciate you guys listening and for our guest tonight that is kevin ford jason thank you so much for joining us um again, you got all the information for Harlem Nights. Make sure you go over to Nova Pro's Twitter page at VA Wrestling. Get those guys a follow. Keep up with all the latest information and 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 news with them. And also um, you know, step over to our website at Big Go Bell Group for all of um our uh latest information and, and dates and all of Nova Pro information as well, there as well. So um thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you guys next week.